I hope you slept well. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I slept great. I got up at uh, I got up at four in the morning, and I was like, "No, that's not happening." So I went right back to bed. <laughs> I woke up really with such joy in my heart um, about what God's going to do today, you know. And I and I really mean that. I, I hope you know everything I say. I, I say with with uh, real honesty. I, just about what God's going to do today, and this, this is the, the priests pray something called the breviary, right? And the breviary, it's we pray that, and, and the sisters as well, we pray this five times a day. And one of the one of the hours that we pray is called the Office of Readings. And the Office of Readings during Lent goes through the story of Exodus. The story of Exodus, ladies, is our story. If you don't understand the story of Exodus, it's very hard to understand the Christian story. What happened in the Exodus story? The Israelites were enslaved to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is an, an image of the evil one, right? And the slavery was, a, a, it's an analogy for our slavery, right? So what does God want to do? He wants to come into our slavery and bring us from slavery into freedom. The freedom that the Israelites experienced went to the promised land. That's my story, and that's your story. That's what God wants to do for us. And Moses is a type of Jesus. And Jesus is the one who will deliver us from our current slavery, lead us out of that slavery, our bondage, and lead us into freedom. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. So this is what God says. Remember the, the burning bush, right? There's a bush that's on fire. We're going to pray in a minute. This isn't the conference yet, so don't worry. <laughs> He's Moses in front of the burning bush, right? And take off your sandals. You're on holy ground. So he goes over on holy ground. And this is what God says. I want you to hear this. This is really beautiful. He says, Moses, I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt. In other words, God's saying, I see. I see. Maybe you feel like you're not seen sometimes by God. Does he see me? Does he see all the hardships I carry? Does he see the burden of love? Does he see the slavery? Does he say, I've been going to retreats for 20 years. Does he see me? So I see you. Trust me, I see you this weekend. I want you to know God sees you this weekend. I've seen the affliction of my daughter, and I'm going to do something about it. Isn't that great? I've seen the affliction of my daughter, of my son. I'm about to do something about it. This is what I'm about to do. I've heard their cry of complaint against their slave drivers. We all have slave drivers. One of the slave drivers that I had for 30 years of my life was terrible, terrible debilitating anxiety. And fears my slave driver would beat me with it. I want to go through some of your slave drivers in this, in this uh, session. I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt and have heard their complaint against their slave drivers. So I know well what they're suffering. He knows you, ladies. Oh, he knows your hearts. He knows the burdens and the sufferings that not even your husbands know. He knows the burdens and the sufferings that not even your closest friends know. He knows you. He's seen you. Therefore, I have come down to rescue them. Isn't that beautiful? I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and lead them out of that land, that land of slavery, into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's what Christianity is. Ladies, Christianity is us 
It's not us being a little bit nicer. Christianity is not us being a little bit better people. We, we will be better people when we experience the freedom of God. Christianity can't be reduced to moralism. Do this, don't do that. Christianity is about this. It's about God taking us from slavery to freedom, the freedom of the children of God. So that's what's in store for you today. That's what's in store for, for me today. It's, this is a special retreat. I felt that on my way here. This is, this is going to be special. Not because, of, who cares about me? It's like, one of you could come up here and talk. <laughs> it's like, who cares, you know? It's special because of me. It's special because the Lord has said, I'm about to anoint this retreat. Boom! <laughs> you know? That's what he does. That's what he does. It's so good. Now all I have to do is get out of the way. It's like, you're not doing very well, Father Joe. <laughs> I'm not a good get-out-of-the-way guy. Okay? So maybe you're sitting there going like this. Not me. Maybe one of these other ladies who are is going to experience God's love. I heard this before, Father. Someone else. Someone else probably, but not me. I want you to renounce that right now, okay? So close your eyes and bow your heads. Or don't bow your heads. Just close your eyes, whatever you want. I want you to repeat after me. But I want you to repeat after me from your heart. From your heart. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that God doesn't love me in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that God doesn't have great things in store for me, that I'm not special to him, that he can't or won't bless me today. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm not going to experience his love. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of doubt, of discouragement, of hard-heartedness, of stubbornness. In the name of Jesus, I repent for being angry with God. And I renounce the lie that God is not good because of what I've suffered. Holy Spirit, we just thank you and we praise you this morning. We ask you to please come. This, this whole retreat, Lord, is a theme of the Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. We cannot do this without you. We can do nothing without you. So we beg you, Holy Spirit, come. Descend upon us this morning. You love, Holy Spirit of God, you love every heart here, every beautiful womanly heart here and you know them even more than they know themselves you know me more than I know myself I just beg you Holy Spirit for the great gift of freedom that you would begin this process of healing and freedom this morning take us from our slavery to freedom Mother Mary you are the spouse of the Holy Spirit totally open and docile we just beg you under the patronage of this of the Carmelites, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, and just ask you, prepare our hearts and beg the Holy Spirit on our behalf to descend upon us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. 
Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I, I remember telling this joke before, right? But the, the little kid just before his 10th birthday, right, really wants a, a, a bike for his 10th birthday. And, and so he um, gets down on his knees, starts praying to God. He says, God, I promise if you give me a bike for my birthday, I'll always clean my room. Then he thought, I said, no, I'll never do that. You know, so I promise if you give me a bike for my birthday, Jesus, I will always listen to my mother. Then he thought, no, I'm such a bad kid. I'll never listen to my mom. <laughs> So he started guessing, Jesus, you, if you give me a bike for my birthday, I promise I will be so good in school. I'll be perfect in school. I'll never get in trouble again. And he thought, no, I won't last a week. There's no chance, right? So he had a good idea. He jumped up off his knees and he ran into his parents' bedroom. There was a statue of the Blessed Mother. He grabbed the statue of the Blessed Mother. He brought it back into his room. He wrapped it all up in newspaper. He put her in the closet, got back down on his knees, said, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again. <laughs> back now. So... I know the Blessed Mother, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, is going to be with us. We need to laugh, amen? It's so important to laugh. The joy of the Lord will be our strength, right? I will not falter. I will not faint. I am surrounded by mercy and grace. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord. That's When we move from slavery to freedom, we start to live in the joy of the Lord. Thomas Aquinas, right, one of the greatest theologians of all time, they asked him one time, why do angels fly? He said, because they take themselves so lightly, right? <laughs> this is what God wants to do. He wants to help us to soar, right? He wants to help us to soar. But in order to free us, we've got to go deep, okay? We've got to go to the depth. So we're going to go a little, little bit deep today. The end of this, our time together, I'm going to ask the sisters to play the music under us. Not yet, but and we're going to do some more renunciations, some real renunciations. Because I felt from the very beginning, this is not a retreat where I'm supposed to get up and talk about God and you all go home with nice feelings about God. God wants to do something in our lives, not just, it, this isn't, this retreat this time is not about just hearing nice things. This retreat is about, you're, we're all going to go home with greater freedom than we could ever imagine. We'd ever expect, just convinced of that because that's what God wants to do. The deepest wounds we can receive are wounds in our identity. The deepest wounds that we can receive are wounds about our identity. The wounds that get to the core, the core of our being. The wounds that, that, oh, that get us in the center of our lives. And so the deepest healings that we can receive are healings in our identity. If the deepest wounds that we experience are wounds in our identity that go to our very being, our person, then the greatest healing we can receive is healing that goes to our very being, the essence of what it is to be Joe Freedy or to be, to be you, that core place in our being. So that's what God wants to do. He wants to touch that place. He wants to go into the core and he wants to put salve on it and he wants to breathe into it the Holy Spirit of his love with great gentleness and he wants to regenerate us from the inside out. Christianity is not external imposed upon us. It's regeneration, transformation 
from the inside out. So often, we don't want him to touch our wounds. When I was a little kid, kids, little boys learn to impress, want to impress girls from a very early time in their lives, right? And I was, uh, there were some, some girls, I was a little, little kid, there were some girls sitting up on a porch, and I was like, if I climb this wall, they're going to think I'm awesome, right? And so I started to climb the wall, and I'm climbing the wall, and I grabbed the top of the wall, and I started to pull myself up, and it was a loose brick. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and the brick came down, and a whack, whacked me on the head. You can still see the scar on my head, right? And my mom was a nurse, and I'm the youngest of five. And so unless you were missing a limb, you did not go to the hospital. It just didn't, she put our stitches in, and she took our stitches out. Isn't that horrible? <laughs> Hopefully she's not going to listen to this. And um, so I, I went crying back home because, ladies, I was really sick the other day. And I, I know we all, really, really sick. I wanted my mom. I'm 40 years old. It doesn't leave. I, want, I was like, Mom. They're like, are you calling for your mom? I was like, yes, back off, right? I want my mom. And uh, I went home, and a big scar on my head, and my mom, you know, cleaned, like, the blood off of my face, and she sat me in a chair, and she came over to start to clean the wound out. And I screamed. <gasps> I wouldn't let her near me. I, I knew my mom, I knew she, she was going to do something good. Sometimes when the Lord starts to come in, we scream. If you're experiencing that right now, if you're, if there's, if, if you're feeling this, don't do I want you to know it's okay. Jesus is not going to hurt you. He's not going to tear something out of you. He's not going to make the wound worse. And I know you've lived with your wounds for a long time. We want to let him draw near. He's not going to hurt you. The problem is that our wounds, the problem, the deeper problems are not the wounds themselves but that our wounds get infected, just like natural wounds. Our spiritual wounds, our psychological wounds, they get infected with lies and deceits. Because what happens is we receive these wounds. We don't know usually how to heal them, how to bring them to Jesus. And so it becomes an open pathway that the enemy seizes upon. The scriptures say that the devil is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Lions go after which antelope? The injured antelope. The lions do not look at the ant antelope, antelopes, antelopes. <laughs> they don't look at the herd of antelope and go after the fastest, strongest one. They see the wound. Where's that wound? And then they pounce. And the devil is no different. So they see the wounds and they start to infect the wounds. Oh, there's a little pathway. There's a little rejection. There's a little something. And they start to get in there. And, and the lies start to come and the deceits start to come. And these lies, because we don't know how to reject them or we haven't renounced them, 
they begin to become part of us and part of our belief system. At first, they're foreign to us. They strike us as very odd. That's not true. But then as the days go on and the weeks go on and the years go on, and it gets ratified by other people. Another person tells me I'm stupid. And then another person tells me I'm stupid. I must be stupid. And then it becomes part of us. These lies and these wounds and these deceits. And then the wound begins to harden and it gets covered over, right? And we come to retreats year in and year out. And we read books about how much God loves us. And we listen to tapes about how much God loves us. We haven't listened to tapes, I guess, for about 40 years, but we listen to talks and, and we read and we sing and we profess and it, it doesn't quite get in there. We long for freedom and peace and joy for the freedom of God's children, but somehow we remain enslaved. I'm not going to tell you my full story, but the greatest wound that I received was from my mother. That there was a, the way that my mother corrected me, I knew my mother loved me, but the way that she corrected me was to attack my identity. So if she asked me to go to the cupboard and I couldn't find something she was looking for, instead of saying, oh, Joe, it's on the third shelf or, you know, or if, if I did something wrong in the store or something like that, she didn't just correct the action. She corrected my beat. So she would say things like, what are you, stupid? What's wrong with you? Are you dumb? Can't you see? You're such an idiot. You don't ever do anything right. You're going to make me leave your father. I'm leaving, that's it. You are so dumb. When you're a little kid, that's really damaging. Because when you're a little kid, you don't know how to, to process that. You don't know how to distinguish mom's just angry So this is true. And so for me, what happened is these lies, like I said, the wound happened, the mom reject, you know, rejected by my dad, rejected by my mom, and then it, the lies infect the heart. And so I began to believe that I'm stupid. I am stupid. I'm an idiot. Not consciously, but interiorly. It's not good that I exist. Nobody wants me around. I'm always going to make a mistake. I can never do anything right. It became part of my being. We, we internalize the external aggressor. That's why bullying is so brutal. Because we internalize the external aggressor. I hear it with my ears, and if I hear it enough, it's going to go to the heart. And so for me, it went into my heart into my very being. And what that does is it leads to total insecurity and living a life in fear. And that's what I did for most of my life, 30 some years of my life, lived with great fear 
always anxious, always afraid, always worried, always wondering if people liked me, always trying to be the person I thought people would like me for. I was like a chameleon. I don't know if you remember the old movie Gladiator, right, with Russell Crowe. It's or a guy's movie, I guess. But I remember watching it one time. I was like running on the treadmill, which is really rare for me. <laughs> and I had the television on trying to distract myself from the pain I was feeling. And uh, there was one scene. And it's where the gladiator is imprisoned and the emperor comes down. You don't have to know the full story. And the emperor says to the gladiator, to win back the Roman citizens, I'm going to fight you. And the gladiator's like, I'm a gladiator. You're not a fighter. So he says, you're going to fight me? And the emperor says to him, what do you think, I'm afraid? The gladiator says to him, I think you've been afraid your whole life. I fell off the treadmill. <laughs> I think you've been afraid your whole life. That's how I lived. And so I lived in this place of Everybody tells me I'm a fool. Everybody tells me an idiot. I'm an idiot. So I'm going to live that out. I'm going to be the fool. I'm going to play the fool. So I, I went back and forth between playing the fool and trying to prove my worth. If you think I'm an idiot, everybody thinks I'm an idiot, I'm going to be an idiot. But at the same time, I'm going to try and prove to everybody that I'm not an idiot. And I'm going to try and prove to myself that I'm not an idiot. And so I spent much of my life like that, going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then when I had a big conversion in my life, I was a, a really I was a bad person. <laughs> Still am, but I'm, you know, and it wasn't because, it was because I was so afraid. So I was always grasping. I was into, you know, all the stuff in college that we all warn our kids about not doing. I did it all and then some. A thousand times over. And then God brought a conversion into my life. Maybe I'll tell you later about it. Brought a conversion into my life. And when I had a conversion, you know what I started to do? All this fear that's in my heart. There's a scripture verse that says, perfect love casts out all fear. So I'm going to read every book I can on God's love. And if I can get this love into my heart, then I'll be free. I won't, I won't be so scared all the time. So I'd have read every book on God's love, all the authors and every, I couldn't get, I'd taken God's love, taken God's love, taken God's love, and it helped. But then I got really angry at God because it, I still had this terror and this fear. And I started to think this, if you're so good, why am I suffering so bad? So we can do that. We can equate our suffering with God's goodness. It doesn't equal. Your suffering does not equal God doesn't love you. Your suffering does not equal God is not good. But that's what I equated in my mind. If he's so good and if he's so loving and if every preacher and speaker and author I hear and read about tells me it's so simple, just believe in God's love, why can I do it? So I got really, really, really angry. And I, I don't say this lightly, I had a deep hatred in my heart for God. I didn't even know it. Because my mind, this was when I was in the seminary, my mind knew that God is good, that God is love. But my heart's experience was, no, he's not. Because if he was love, he would have helped me by now. So there was this disconnect in my heart, and I was, uh, uh, uh. 
until somebody taught me how to renounce the lies and taught me the anatomy of a wound and how if you don't clean out the wound, you can read another thousand books on God's love for you and it will never actually hit the, the wound in the heart. So what needs to happen? What happened in my life, what continues to happen in my life, and we have to clean out the wound. We have to get rid of the infection. What is the infection? The lies and the deceit and the false beliefs that we've let become part of us. And when that infection gets cleaned out and you hear about God's love for you, now you can receive it. And that's what changes our lives. Ladies, that's what we're going to do today. That's what we're going to do today. This morning, I'm going to lead you through a little time of prayer, just like last night, but that we're going to be a little more active in the renunciations. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to lead you perfectly through it. We're going to renounce lies. We're going to renounce spirits. This afternoon, I'm going to talk about forgiveness, because forgiveness is another big block in our hearts. And then later on tonight, we're going to talk about the power of the Father's blessing over you. And that's going to be our journey today, a journey from Egypt to the promised land, from slavery into freedom. So I'm going to ask the sisters to start, you know, you can play the music, a little background music, and we're going to go through these renunciations. And the only thing that I would ask, ladies, is that you would renounce these with your heart. It's a little strength. I want you to trust the process of this day. Trust the process of God's healing for you. That this is a first step on the journey of what this day is going to look like. And what you're saying when you're renouncing is this. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. Okay? So why don't you just close your eyes and get relaxed a little bit. Go ahead and take the deep breaths. Just breathe in God's love for you. Just want to breathe out any anxiety that you're feeling, any pressure. You've won, ladies. You're here. This is it's just a matter of time. You don't have to make anything happen. This is all God's work. It's not Father Joe's work. It's not your work. All the pressure's off. I just hear the Father saying to you, I have waited for this moment with you. I hear the Father saying to you, I have longed for this moment with you. I couldn't wait for this retreat. Just ask you to come, Holy Spirit, come be with us. 
So I'm just gonna lead these through and you can just repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am stupid, that I'm a mistake. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm a failure. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I can never do anything right. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that it's not good that I exist, that I shouldn't have been born. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that what I've done has canceled out my right to experience joy. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that what I've done has canceled out my right to be loved, to have peace, to be happy. I want you to pray that, sisters, with all of your heart. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that my past sins have canceled out my right to be happy. Come, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that my sins are too big to be forgiven. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that something is fundamentally wrong with me, that I'm an accident, that I'm a mistake. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm a loser, that I'm ugly, that I'm worthless, that I'm lower than dirt, that I'm garbage. In the name of Jesus, I renounce those lies. And I renounce the moment those lies came to me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of self-hatred. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of self-condemnation, of self-accusation, of self-harm. In the name of Jesus, I renounce self-hatred. And I declare from this moment on that I am done hating myself that I'm done being at war with myself. In the name of Jesus, I renounce self-condemnation. I renounce self-condemnation. I'm done with it.
In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I should be punished, that I deserve nothing but misery. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of hopelessness. I renounce the spirit of despair. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of discouragement. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of sadness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of depression. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to live as a victim. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm not lovable, that I'm not loved, that no one really knows me. And if they did, they wouldn't love me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm not a delight, that I'm not beautiful, that there's something wrong with my personality. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm not worth being around. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of rejection. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of anger, of resentment, of judgment. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of unforgiveness. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I am a burden, that no one needs me, that no one really wants me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I'm unimportant, that I'm a problem. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that it doesn't matter if I live or die. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of fear, of anxiety, of worry. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of control, of obsession, of pride, of malice. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of withdrawal and I repent for withdrawing my heart from those who love me. In the name of Jesus, 
I renounce the spirit of escape. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of shame. That's a big one for you, ladies. Just want you to renounce that again from your heart. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of shame. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of shame. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of guilt. I renounce the burden of guilt. I renounce false guilt. I renounce false accusation. In the name of Jesus, I renounce every negative word that has been spoken to me or that's been told to me through actions or looks. I'm done with it. In the name of Jesus, I am done living with guilt. I've been forgiven. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of grief. I renounce the lie that I can never be happy again. If I don't have what I have lost, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to earn God's love by being good. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to earn God's love by doing what it takes. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to perform, that I have to hold it all together. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of perfectionism. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that I have to be perfect, that everything has to look good, that I have to hold it all together, that I am responsible. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of independence. I renounce the lie that I don't need anyone. Spirit, come into their hearts. Just thank you, Jesus. Just take a, a minute, ladies, and if there's any other spirits or lies that you have to renounce, just whisper them softly. You can do it on your own if there's anything that I haven't mentioned, or if the Holy Spirit's bringing anything to your mind right now. Whisper, whisper softly in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. 
believe in you, Jesus. Trust in you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come with your gentle dew. Mary, undoer of knots, undo these lies. Cast them out of their hearts, their souls, their minds. Create in them a new heart, a new mind, capable of being touched by the love of Jesus. You don't have to repeat after me, ladies. I'm just going to pray a prayer over you, and then I'll end us in prayer. In the name of Jesus, and by the power of the high priesthood in which I share unworthily, I command every spirit and every lie that these ladies have renounced to leave right now and never to return. In the name of Jesus, I command every spirit that these ladies have renounced and every lie that they have renounced and every related spirit and every related lie to leave right now and never to return. In the name of Jesus, I command every evil spirit and every lie that these ladies have renounced and every related spirit or lie to leave right now and never to return. Just get a beautiful image of mountains that you have here in California that you see right as you walk out without any sunlight on them. They look just cold and difficult that I wouldn't want to go to them. But I just get the image of the sun coming up in that mountain that was so hard and cold and dark just being bathed in sunlight being bathed in light, becoming so warm and glistening and beautiful. You are no longer a slave of fear. You are a daughter of God. Speak your truth, Jesus, into their hearts. Speak your truth, Holy Spirit, that they are beautiful. You are beautiful. The truth is that you're beautiful. That you are loved. That you are worthy of love. That I have created you worthy of love. the protection of your precious blood, Jesus, upon their minds, their hearts, their souls, and their bodies. And Mother Mary, you would just gently hold their hearts, 
continue to remove these falsehoods, these deceits, and these lies. Pluck them out of their hearts with your gentle hands. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.